Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. In a few moments, Thought Speak will begin its broadcast. This is a dramatization, and in the midst of the horror and chaos, you will notice that we cannot interrupt for a commercial. For those of you that have heard the show in the past, you will find very little changed. And if you intend to stay with us for the next hour and a half, all these things are done to let you pull in the reins of your imagination. Incredible? You're absolutely right, it is incredible. And you are about to hear the results. Welcome to Thought Speak, a podcast dedicated to the discussion of Kay Applegate's 1996 book series, Animorphs. I'm your host, Coleman. And I'm your superior host, Mitchell. Superior co-host. Exactly. <laughs> and the superior one. The one with How's the one with the doing? voice you either love or hate, according to some of according our reviewers. According to either our reviews or <laughs> our personal emails. <laughs> uh, what can I say? It's unique. Either way. Either way, we're making waves. We're causing emotions. Are, are we? You can say for a lot of things. Yeah, I think we are. I think we're doing something. Okay, well, you know what? It's it's good to be back. I will say that. It is. Uh, some of you have been listening and at this point, possibly watching uh, us talk about um, our lives and the last private thought speak and uh, listening, watching, you caught up reading. To the last episode, uh, the threat, which left off a huge cliffhanger. Yes, exactly. I mean, this the, the book we're about to review tonight is part of a trilogy, so if you haven't listened to the first two, maybe go back and do that if you care. I don't know. It's up to you. Whatever. You know what? Even if you don't care, we'd appreciate it if you went back and listened to our entire catalog of episodes and then start this one. Exactly. Don't come in on episode whatever this is. This is a weird one. Why would you do that? Yeah, go back. Uh, so we cannot stress enough, even though we talked up the David trilogy and we talked about how excited we were to review the episodes. Obviously, if you listen to Private Thoughts Week number eight, which we just released as well. Exactly. Yeah. Listen to that first, because that clears up a lot of the, the issues and we spend a good deal of time talking about them there. Yeah. And we still are really excited about uh, this book and especially after just reading it again for probably the first time in 10, 10 years or more. It's, it holds up. Oh, yeah, it's been a long time for me as well. And, yeah, it was every bit as good as I remember it to be. And the way the last one ends is just, it's incredible how well this works as a trilogy. Uh, it really was, the last one really was like the two towers of the David trilogy. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically. Except instead of Middle Earth, you got, you know, the suburban... Uh, west coast town <laughs> as a setting uh yeah do you want to jump right into it i think we should well i think we should talk about the cover exactly jump into that uh first things first i mean um you know at the time these things are released we're uh we're sitting here waiting for the next book to come out um and so far we've got you know marco as a cobra which is really cool uh at the time and then we had jake as a dog which was like okay well that's not that great but um, I don't think anybody expected to see uh, Rachel going rat on the cover of the uh, exciting conclusion to the David trilogy here. I disagree with you that that Jake as a dog on the last cover was a good fit. I mean, I think these. I think you're right in that uh, start out with Marco and as a snake, and that was interesting. It was kind of a different kind of style of cover. It was a little darker, and then you went into the second one, and, and especially this third one, and they're 
relevant to the plot. They're, I'm not going to say they're not that, but for what they're doing on the inside and how different that is from the rest of the series, I'm surprised they didn't try to do anything like the Megamorph styling or, or something different with the covers. Um, yeah, you know, I almost kind of feel that same way, but I guess that would have broken um, the uh, continuity here with the uh, covers. By the way, while we're on the topic of the covers, there was a pretty interesting article that was linked to us at ThoughtSpeak um, on the Facebook page, as well as uh, I saw it bouncing around on several sources on Facebook, but there was an interview with the uh, actual cover artist. Did you did you happen really? to read that? No, I didn't. Oh, well, I did. It was uh, pretty interesting. Um, I, I mean, you know, we constantly are making fun of the cover art and whoever came up with it. We thought it was some kind of, um, I don't know, corporate team. Uh, but apparently, you know, it's just a guy, and uh, I guess he doesn't really read the books, or he didn't until um, they came out much later. He read them later. In the... So, did he go into his experience and um, how many months of training he had on MS Paint to to get through this and to do the job? Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, a lot of it was the about, you know, the technicalities of, of achieving this morph effect which was big, big technology back then in the 90s that they weren't quite doing properly. And actually, I think he said the uh, first three books in the series are done by a different artist. Oh, that kind of makes sense. You can, yeah, you can different. tell. They, were, they used like a more animated kind of uh, morph effect. Well, for the first two, I think that's the case. For Tobias, I think they actually hit their stride a little bit, and it looked pretty good. And then... Uh, and then, yeah, they switched over to this guy. This wonderkin. I, I, you know, I mean, I shouldn't say he or man too much. I, I mean, it could have been a woman. I, I can't recall quite. Interesting article. Go check it out if you're interested. Maybe we'll link to it. Maybe not. I I read some articles myself. And uh, if you listen to the Private Thought Speak, I'm kind of gearing up uh, into the industry, the writing industry of uh, literature. And uh, a lot of things I've read are just, you know, if you're, if you have the head for it and you actually get published, you have to just take it in the face as far as uh, your book cover, your artwork, how the book's going to be marketing, uh, marketed. It's just, it's rough. Oh, yeah, of <laughs> course. You lose say over it. And that's... Not only do you lose say, but 90% of the time, you won't be happy with what how your book is marketed. Right, yeah. And, well, that's, I mean, that's one of the uh, big advantages of just publishing yourself, you know, independently online kind of the way i'm doing it that's true um so anyway so let's get back in the book but uh on the inside cover so you got the standard clouds with uh it looks like he gave uh morphine rachel a little bit like a 50 percent outer glow so i think that was really the creative push on the cover yeah uh, right the little the soft <laughs> stroke around her you mean yeah right uh coincidentally um you know uh rachel that's in the um like the second panel of her morphing yeah. dated a girl that looked like that once <laughs> <laughs> just the second uh the second stage well i also dated one that looked like the third stage but uh it was uh, over pretty quick how was she 80 <laughs> <laughs> she was part rat um, anyway, so you go to the inside cover, and um, that's one of the most relevant inside covers we've seen so far, probably. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome, actually. Um, well done on this one. Oh, it's the, it's a iconic location too. It's the construction site. It's like our first actual view of it. Yeah. Um, with with scholastic. Yeah. Can you actually see the roaches in the bottle? I wonder. Not really. Hold on, I'm looking. <laughs> Not really. 
Yeah, I don't see anything. Shame on you, whatever your name was, maker of this. Pretty awesome, though. Yeah, so uh, that is the cover for uh, number 22, The Solution. Yeah, sorry, I was distracted there for a second. I was flipping through the morph at the uh, bottom corner of the page. I don't think we've ever talked about that on the podcast. The morph at the... Oh, um... That was a pretty iconic part we, of I think we series. mentioned them at the beginning of the first episode, maybe, but there's really no reason to discuss them. They're just the same things that appear on the cover. Yeah. Rachel to Rat. Nice. We, talk about yeah. them, we talked about them um, in the Andalite Chronicles one, because that was really uh, unique. That's true, because it told a little story. And, and very soon we're going to be uh, reading the hork Chronicles, which has another kind of story-ish one. That's exciting. That's actually a book I've never read. Yeah, me too. So, wow. And it's coming up. It's coming up soon. Do you know when is it after like? Uh, I think it's after the Pretender. Wow, I'm not 100 percent sure at this time, but um... the Pretender really gives away the plot of that book. <laughs> you kid, yeah. Thanks a lot, Ka Applegate. <laughs> um, do you recall, good friend, who reads the back? I'm gonna read it. I feel like you've done the last seven, just because we keep forgetting. <laughs> We're going to go back and re-listen to all these one day and it's going to be like you read all of them. <laughs> no, I'm going to be I'm going to be like, "Oh, no, no, I think I think I did it last time. It's your turn." And like from book 2 through 20, you uh you read all of them. <laughs> I don't feel that way, but uh anyway, knock yourself I out. I got this. We can't tell you who we are. Oh, sorry. That's not <laughs> We don't even start there. Oh, you know uh, what? Now that I think about it. A joke. A joke. Oh, okay. Well, the last time, I think we both did it. Remember? We traded off. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. dumb. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm going to... Okay, I got this. David, the newest Animorph, is not what he appears. His need to control the other Animorphs and acts is all he thinks about. And the things he does are starting to break up the group. That's not accurate. Yeah, at all. I know that. I felt <laughs> like that was briefly the plot of in the second one for a little bit there, but okay, whatever. Not even close. Well, really. no, you know what? Yeah, it is accurate. Okay, I mean, he killed he killed Tobias and he killed. Well, yeah, Ray. but it makes it sound like he's like causing drama. Oh yeah, like, I know. Like he's like, hey Rachel, love triangle Rachel, or something. Marco said you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> that would have actually destructed the animals if they would have uh, had someone doing that. Anyway, so second paragraph. Rachel and the others know that time is running out. The newest battle against the Yerks is most is the most important one yet. And it's not the one that will wait. Oh, it's not one that will wait. <laughs> Winning the fight could mean slowing down the invasion. But no one knows what to do with David because the newest Animorph is more than just a little problem. He's deadly. Part three of a trilogy. Oh, so so badass. Yep. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, we 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 get here to the third part of this trilogy as we said and uh it comes love to how the last one ended i think we gushed and gushed on the last episode about that ending and uh, i love where it picks up right here too yeah it, it picks up Perfect. essentially right after that last book with um with rachel being woken up oh and i love how a small line in the last book is basically the main drive of this entire book if you remember um when jake thought that tobias was dead and he was following um david to the mall you know axe was with him and he turned to axe and as much as a, a, flying a bird eagle can. A mile away from <laughs> yeah um he turned to axe and he said you know get rachel and he made a point of saying get rachel and yeah uh, because he said get rachel <laughs> well i mean he made a point 
of saying that they need firepower and they need someone who can do what needs to be done. And Rachel so. showed up with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what I was expecting. Um, but that really is, I love that that one line became like this huge emotional and, and psyche uh, draw of Rachel's motivations in this book and what she's worrying about. It's, uh, yeah, it's cool. that is great that, you know, they saw that as an opportunity for character development and they, by golly, gave it to her. <laughs> yeah, and I think up to this point, I mean, we've been making the joke ourselves that Rachel's just a loose cannon. She's like the Clint Eastwood of the group. Uh, but having a book where she not only reflects on that, but like fights against it, that's pushing the boundaries of what Scholastic was probably asking for. Okay, yeah, okay, you're starting to write a real book series here, and you need to calm down. <laughs> these, these things are supposed to be, be for children. What are we doing here, Applegates? Uh, we see on page 32 that... Uh, her, it says her kneecap jutted out of her skin, and uh, she was dying of blood loss. We, we're publishing right next to Hardy Boys, and we need you to calm the F down. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love this opening scene, because this is Rachel and Axe uh, kind of working together here to, to track David. Um, Axe kind of informs her offhandedly that, you know, situation's bad. Uh, Tobias is probably dead, or at least Jake thinks he's dead. Um, and they go straight to the mall and it, yeah. it doesn't take long for David to kind of, uh, come out of hiding and, and confront Rachel a bit. It's great when they get in there though, cause Rachel's like, you know, she has to ask if he's ready and they go in in stealth mode and, uh, she's really wary about moving around. And I think in the last book, we got a sense that David is a little clever. Like he's not as smart as he makes himself out to be, but, um, they are, worried about these things he's doing and he usually catches up to them like it's not just like they're worried about him being smarter than he is and he's like off doing his own thing he's actually setting traps for them and this is the first time uh here in the mall and it's it's a pretty spooky little scene oh yeah david is like michael myers and he just keeps coming back for him like throughout this book <laughs> and yeah. this is cool because um you know like rachel has to kind of take control a little bit and she even gives axe some orders and mentions how she felt weird about doing it but um, yeah, that was that was a cool little touch, and uh, I love human Rachel going up against David the Lion and uh, her little gymnastics routine, which, to be fair, is like just as silly as the uh, Ian Malcolm's daughter in Jurassic Park Two, like doing gymnastics <laughs> it's a on kick the, Velociraptor. the Velociraptor. Yeah, except this because I guess because we're in her head, it seems like really tense, and she. Yes, she does use gymnastics, but she really thinks she's going to die like the entire time she's just doing it. It's really a uh, really good little scene. Yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, you know, David, of course, after their little struggle, he, he winds up escaping, as villains tend to do. Um, and you have Axe come back for a little regrouping, and they find Jake, and he is in Tiger Morph and not doing well, obviously. He got, a, he got his throat ripped out, basically. Um, or at least pretty badly hurt. So he's he's bleeding out there on the floor. And um, instead of trying to wake him up or trying to help him themselves, they figure that there's a good shot. And this is maybe a little coincidental. But, <laughs> maybe a little coincidental. But they figure that Cassie's mom will be the closest one and she'll be a first responder. And uh, luckily they don't just completely rely on that. Once um, the police are called and an ambulance comes, actual like paramedics do some work on the tiger, which I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and probably save his life, and then Cassie's mom comes and does the rest. Yeah, you know, it's a, kind of a shame that Jake wasn't able to just 
stay conscious and demorph right then and there because this does kind of uh, uh, make for a weird little part coming up that I think is kind of risky for Animorph's behavior, but it loses its tension a little bit uh, in the sense that this was just easy to get out of. You know, they, yeah. they had a they had a fix for it. it's Cassie's mom. You're all good. You know, I would have liked a scene where they where Cassie was close enough that once they found Jake and they knew David was gone, uh, they could have gotten Cassie in there and like a scene where Cassie. You know, she can mend a raccoon's leg or something, but having to, like, save Jake and, like, sew up his throat or something with, like, no experience, that would have been a really good scene. That would have been pretty cool. But, um, no, as it is, uh, you know, Cassie and her family managed to take Jake in and care for him, and obviously Jake doesn't die. But this gives uh, uh, Rachel and X time to go check in on Marco just to make sure he's doing all right and let him know, you know, what's going on with David being an asshole. Um, and they fly to his house and everything seems cool for a sec. Like they see him there standing in the window, like beckoning them to come in. And as soon as X flies through the window, Marco hits him with a baseball bat and they figure out, oh crap, we've been had again. I mean, this is how the book, the whole book goes. It's, it's, it doesn't <laughs> calm down. We, we got, got. The other. Yeah. And, and the fact that they're like, oh, we're not going to run into another trap again. And, uh, it's just, it's really, uh. It's really exciting. Basically. Um, yeah, it, like you said, you know, it doesn't slow down because you're not expecting David to come back so quickly immediately. I mean, like, they just left the mall and then they're dealing with David again at Marco's house. Um, he goes into his Golden Eagle morph and comes after Rachel, who's in her uh, owl morph at the time. And he almost, you know, is going to F her up pretty bad here. Like, she could probably die. But at the very last moment... We get she gets saved by a familiar face, someone we all thought was dead. Of course, right? You, yeah, you thought he was dead. Yeah, everybody thought he was dead. And this is uh, this is exciting because you know it plays a trick on. I don't understand. So the rest of the book, they kind of play off the fact that um that there's David that David doesn't know how many animorphs actually were alive. Yeah. Uh, but he's attacked by red-tailed hawk here. Does that not give it away? Yeah, I I don't know what he's thinking. Um, because he knows that. Well, I mean, I guess he could think it's Cassie or Axe. I suppose. I guess maybe he doesn't know their bird morphs well enough. I just thought that was a little bit of a, or maybe he didn't really see what hit him. Yeah, I know. I mean, he gets hit by Tobias, and then the scene ends pretty quick. There, I mean, uh, he just kind of flies away. <laughs> I thought it was pretty crazy that um. He's got Visitor 3 little, syndrome. Yeah, the whole little plan here was to uh, lure him into power lines. So Rachel's already ready to do away with him, kill him. Oh, yeah. She's, she's a warrior, man. Yeah, but I mean, that, with her main struggle with this book, I mean, she kind of like confirms her own worst fears. <laughs> yep, that's, uh, that's the ride we're in for with Rachel. Mm-hmm. So I love this, uh, really, the next day at school... Um, they're trying to regroup. They don't. They don't care about security. They're all sitting together because they're just so tired. I mean, if you think about it, the Dave trilogy's happened over less than a week's time. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. And none of them are getting any sleep, especially Rachel. And they're in the cafeteria hanging out, and Marco walks up and sits down and is completely wrong. They notice right away. He says a few words, and uh, they know it's David. 
and also the fact that Marco's in line to get like enchiladas. Yeah, Marco's already yeah. in the the lunch line. Yeah. Um, they're very yeah. David's just he's an a hole man. He's got he's got their morphs. It's a good thing he didn't uh, end up with a Rachel morph at any point, you know. <laughs> Do you think when he was in uh, Marco morph, he had like bad jokes coming up in his mind all the time? You had to just like fight him down like I don't know. That, that's another thing. Like, do you think the Rachel Morph really gives you the shopping and stuff? <laughs> I think I would probably be more stylish if I looked like Rachel. Probably, well, probably. I, I would that's a whole so. can of worms. We're not going to open <laughs> here on Thought Speak. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> open him with my therapist later. <laughs> so he threatens them. He uh, has his little demands for what he wants from them, and he uh, jaunters off all. Well, of course, he Happy wants the blue life. box, though. Uh, let's talk about his plan here. He definitely wants the blue box, and um, everyone kind of uh, makes the assumption that he wants to trade it to Visitor 3 to get his parents, you know, back. But um, he kind of gets angry about it and acts like that wasn't his plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but his, his his real plan, I guess, is to, you know, make his own Animorph team that will bend to his will, I guess. Like... I don't know. He wants some cronies of his own. Yeah, I think maybe he's gotten a taste for this life of like breaking into hotels and doing whatever he wants. So he might not even want his parents back at this point. Um, possibly. Who knows? Especially with something like an alien invasion, you know, going on. Um, he seems like the kind of guy who would be doing something like that. Yeah. So. Uh, so he, you know, he saunters off or whatever, and um, Rachel goes after him, and it's a point of anger for her later, the fact that Jake lets her go, and yeah, this says that. This is another uh, big thing that sticks on her mind throughout this book, is Jake letting her go here after David, and um, she gets a little, uh, a little into this whole threatening him, and oh, uh, giving in to her, her anger. She gives into the, the dark many. side here. She does. Uh, very relevant with the uh, <laughs> exactly. Tomorrow. We are recording this on December sixteenth. Um, in one of the many dark, dark scenes of this book, uh, Rachel takes a cafeteria fork, presses it into David's ear, and threatens to kill his parents. Yeah, so, exactly. What's the uh, what's the age range on the back of these books? What's uh... I don't know, but um, <laughs> having your main character threaten to kill, you know, this guy's uninvolved parents is uh, it's pretty heavy stuff. It is, and David has officially gone past the point of uh, being a dick and into a psychopath. Um, he is killing them one by one in his mind. So uh, I'm not gonna say that you know, but only when they're in morph, because he doesn't yeah, kill humans. His excuses is I don't even. His don't excuses even ridiculous. are as ridiculous as Scholastics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, if there was a sentient red-tailed hawk out there i'd feel just bad at killing it as a human <laughs> yeah oh yeah exactly um it, they're they're basically just in a crappy situation again and um rachel goes home oh, the animorphs gonna get out of this one yeah i know <laughs> how are they gonna wrap this up in 36 pages um uh, <laughs> rachel goes home and there's a little bit of uh, uh some home life uh moments here with her and her uh sister always good stuff i guess yeah more more rachel's home life that's what i thought the series needed more of <laughs> you know what i want to see more of her dad what's he doing 
<laughs> Mr. Mr. Big Shot money. Lawyer out in New York or wherever he is. Uh, oh, I hope he sends her a dramatic letter asking to live with him again. I, I hope he comes back for a book and he winds up going to Atlantis with them. <laughs> <laughs> I can only hope he's a part of that book. Uh, um, yeah, so chilling out, home life. Um, more information about Cousin Sadler. He ain't doing too well, apparently. Yeah, they say he's going to possibly die any day now. Right, and it's uh, kind of shaking up her, her little sister. Um, but it don't matter because she gets a call from Jake saying that the mission is on. Yeah, and I I think we can go through this pretty quickly. Um, oh my god, main, yeah, because this is this is a great main mission. plot point. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I'm going to sound really sarcastic here, but I I absolutely love this part. I love to solve uh, the way they fix this problem. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> the, uh, set it up the from main, the last book though. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the main plot of the uh, pretty much the last two books was that their biggest mission yet, uh, the you know five of the world's most powerful leaders were all mar- uh, meeting for a summit at a uh, huge hotel on the beachfront of their town. Yep. And uh, the Yurks had a plan to... Hologramception. Possibly... What? Hologramception. Yeah. They had a Capture the Andalite to... bandits and the uh, world leaders and turn them into Yurks. Yeah, have everybody else, have their cake and eat it too, all at once. And uh, this was huge. This is Eric came to them with this. Um mission and they don't take that lightly at all and uh obviously it would be a huge win for the yurks it's so a bad idea to bring david huge, with them yeah it's a huge huge plot of the last two books this one they're like well we gotta deal with this david stuff so we're gonna regulate this to one chapter um well it wasn't quite one they, i mean they traveled there and it was a couple of chapters they had to go from bird to dolphin to get to the beach and then this was awesome dude i'm calling this there everybody goes chaos morphs because everyone has acquired new morphs, and we get uh, uh, people in elephant and rhino, primarily. Marco got the same rhino that Jake had, and everybody else gets the same elephant that uh, Rachel has. And yeah, that's the point, man. Cause chaos. They just go in and mess stuff up. I like how they also pick these morphs because they can take a few bullets. So that's that's exactly what they do. They're getting hit left and right oh, yeah. with uh, handgun fire. So. I know. There are points in this where they mention, like, she's like, I got shot in the head, but, you know, I was I'm still going. Starting to feel a little woozy, but I'm still going. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, this is, this so is really dramatic place, stuff. And uh, I don't know if it would, I think it would end the summit because of just, you know, no one knowing what's going on. I think it would work, but there's no reason why they couldn't have the summit somewhere else, and the Yorks couldn't do this exact same thing. I guess except for the fact that their whole base is kind of in this town, so it's easier to pull off. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I We are told that, you know, the summit's canceled, and that's all we need to know, because we've got bigger problems to deal with. <laughs> yeah, after they do this whole crazy plan, they get back in the ocean and it's storming the entire time yeah and you know that's kind of what makes it so cool if you think about it is i mean there's like i'm imagining a huge like hurricane level storm going on and then just out of nowhere you know elephants and rhinos appear and start messing things up um i think it's pretty realistic to imagine that this event would be canceled for sure yeah well the whole thing would be really cinematic if it was ever uh translated to the screen but oh sure um (laughs) anyway so they get back in the ocean and they're dolphins and Probably not feeling great about how the mission went, but it was success, so, you know, it's a win. Can't go wrong with that. And uh, suddenly they're uh, confronted by something large moving quickly towards them. And uh, 
I guess you might worry it's like Fister 3 and another crazy morph, but nope, it's uh, David in their morph's worst enemies morph. Their, yeah, their, their morph's worst enemy is morph. Wow. Yeah, it's a mouthful, but you said it, it right. Is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, David. Um, you know what's funny, though, is uh, Visitor 3 is just, he's got that tiny bit part in this, it, like maybe a paragraph when they're busting things up, and he's, uh, you know, he's in his Visitor Tony morph. Uh, yeah, and he's all angry, yelling at them on the beach. Does Rachel, like, throw him to the side or something? Um, Anything happen with that? I'm not, nothing significant. Seems I like mean, you could have taken out Visitor 3. I, like, no, they talked to him a little bit. They're like... Try oh, to Rachel try to have a banquet She's... now, Visa. <laughs> <laughs> I assume she said it in that type of voice. Probably got to mask it, you know. Yeah. So, so anyway, as dolphins, they get attacked by uh, David, as in killer whale morph, killer whale morph, and uh, they fight him a little bit. They they're doing okay, but they can't hold up for a long time. He's way faster and just insane. And um, because of their numbers and David thinking one of them is dead, Cassie's able to like kind of sneak off a little bit and. Uh, morph and remorph into a humpback whale which is like yeah callback from uh callback from uh oh my god uh it was definitely in megamorphs number one <laughs> uh for sure oh not megamorphs number one it was um yeah it was was it she definitely morphed it in yeah to to kill the oh my god and i forgot the name of the flying she, dust monster too <laughs> but she didn't get the morph then no she got, she got, got it back in uh, Book number uh, like three, right? No, 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 four. Where they get axe? No, she didn't. No? get the. No, she didn't acquire it. I think she did acquire it in the. Man, we're terrible animals podcast. No, you know what? When we take month breaks, yeah, this is gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Look, well, it was one let's of those early about books, This is an excellent the... callback. Cassie morphs humpback whale, and even though they're non-aggressive animals for the most part, it's enough to scare David off. Oh, it was in. Uh, it was in. Book number whatever, The Humpback. The Humpback. I can't believe we forgot that one. <laughs> the Humpback ending. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that, that ends our mission. Um, Rachel, like, everybody just goes home and they're glad to be done with it. And Rachel's like, I'm skipping school today. Screw this. <laughs> yeah, uh, completely done. And she's she's running on absolutely no sleep literally this time yeah great timing for her sister to uh come back once again and uh, of course she's having a huge uh hard time uh dealing with cousin sadler and his failing health and his inevitable death and uh after this this conversation with her sister again um (laughs) david just comes back he keeps coming just when you think you're done with him he keeps coming can't get can't get rid of him they gave him a lot of, lot of quote-unquote screen time in this book. That's for sure. Really, really did an excellent job for him. Not even being one of the main characters um, really sets him up, you know, as this uh, menace, I would say. Yeah, he's uh, he's diabolical in the sense that you can't talk him down. And he's not, he's not... He's not like the classic villain where, you know, you can't talk him down because he's unreasonable. He's so lost in this little fantasy that he's better than them and that they were out to get them, get him and uh, that his whole life was ruined by them and, and that he's luckily smarter and a better animal. Than all. It's, it's, it's crazy in the worst possible way because there's no bringing him back. 
there's no getting rid of him. Yeah, it's and really unfortunate, but I mean, yeah. he went down this path himself for the yeah, most part. I mean, I mean, they they were a little standoffish in the beginning, but they could have handled some things better. But the fact of the matter is, at the point where they met him, he was possibly similar to how they were. Well, yeah, the just book. like them. Yeah, and and they were adults at this point. I mean, they they've got the mindset of people who fight in a war every day. So they're not going to be able to relate to this kid. They're going to be harsh with him. Um, it really wasn't completely there. And that is absolutely why I think the best thing they could have done is not taken him on that first mission. No. Given him least... more time, given him more training, giving him proper uh, uh, knowledge of really what's going on. Make him realize, like, dude, your parents in the grand scheme of things don't matter at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, giving him time to get over the trauma of losing his parents and uh, the fact that aliens are real, you know, maybe some time removed from that would have helped too. Right, because at least um, most of the characters needed at least one book to really join the fight officially. I mean, Cassie's fucking quit the fight at least three times. <laughs> yeah, they keep bringing her back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. David comes back again to taunt her, uh, this time in her bathroom. The creep. The lucky, oh, yeah. lucky creep. I mean, I can't believe they got away with that sentence at the end where he was just like, Okay, uh, yeah, you can totally go take your shower now. Oh, yeah. I'm going to leave. Go go ahead. Yeah, so she obviously says she uh, waits two hours and then heads straight to Jake. (laughs) Yeah, really creepy scene. Because he's obviously kind of obsessed with her at this point, too. Oh, totally. She goes right to Jake, Jake's house, um, to kind of tell him about David and, and flip out on him and sort of have this whole confrontation. Because, again, she's still got all of these, uh turbulent feelings about jake and the way that he's been using her as of late yeah and uh while she's there um they hear some bad news about sadler their cousin um and her uh jake's dad is there and he invites her to come with them to the hospital yeah she gets roped into it Mm -hmm. so they get there and it's chaos all around nurses flying everywhere doctors uh all the family members who are related to cousin sadler are there and they're all like crazy excited and really pumped and uh jake and rachel are just coming into this and big surprise oh it's a miracle cousin sadler has made a full recovery basically yeah and i like how rachel doesn't pick up at it first she's like oh that's cool that's, that's good and jake just has this like extremely angry look on his face yeah jake is is immediately uh he's quick to figure it out of course they do make it pretty obvious when they're like oh yeah he was yeah, we had him in the elevator, and um, there was a a little power outage, and uh, then the power the nurse came and back. Doctor got out. knocked out somehow. Yeah, yeah, the nurse and doctor <laughs> were knocked out. Um, they they do make it pretty obvious right away, and um, yeah, you know, Rachel and and Jake are none too happy about the fact that their cousin has just been, who knows? I I guess murdered, straight up murdered by David. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, they said he was on the way to the ER because his uh, heart stopped. I think that's maybe Applegate's way of being like, like softening the blow a little bit of what he did. Yeah, uh, but it also has to, he's got to be alive enough in order for David to uh, acquire him, though, because you can't acquire him. Think of how dark that scene was if it was written into the book. So the elevator's going down. Uh, Doctor and nurse are with this kid in a hospital bed. He's all his machine alarms are going off because his heart stopped and they're just trying to get him to surgery so they can save his life. Power goes out. What do you think? Uh, a lion comes from the ceiling or something? What? I mean, 
I don't. Yeah, can even use for this. I, I have um, no idea. Probably but, like rattlesnake or something. No, I mean, no, that would have <laughs> killed him. <laughs> but anyway, they get knocked out, and he he comes in and killer whale morph <laughs> <laughs> slides through the elevator <laughs> opening and killer whale morph. <laughs> um, but no, no. So he so he knocks him out. And he he uh, acquires cousin Sadler as he's dying because he hasn't gotten surgery yet, and uh, then lifts the body. Puts it up into the elevator shaft and leaves it there. Yeah, it's a complicated. So at some point in that period, wow. like he's either dying, or about to die, or is dead as David's moving him. Oh, I'm sure that that cousin Sadler, poor cousin Sadler, uh, died shortly after you know he was placed up on top of the elevator there. Probably you know minutes. And this is like a ten year old kid because he's a few years younger than than his cousins. So. I mean, this is this is the depths of the depths that the series has. I'm surprised they got away with this. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, So it's just insane. And it makes sense. David's whole plan to like morph into it. I don't know if his plan was actually to stay with the family because it doesn't really make sense to do that in the long run because your morph can't age. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. And I don't think his his intention was to ever stay with the family, at least not for the long term. Uh, long term he mentions like you know oh it'll be nice to have a place to stay for a while and blah 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 but no it seemed like his plan was always to establish his own team of morph capable people because when they talk to him in the hospital again um he demands the blue box of course because he wants it and i think this is when he finally lays out his plan like you guys have it all wrong i would get people that are dumber than me and i will make i'll I'll give them the power and make them do stuff for me so yeah. he thinks he's going to be a full-on supervillain here. Yeah, or superhero in his mind, but either way, it's supervillain. I don't know, man. He knows he's going to be robbing stuff and robbing people. But this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. This is uh, this is too much for Jake and Rachel to handle. Um, they decide that it's it's time to do away with David and not fool around anymore. Yeah, and I mean, we, we get a great little uh, accumulation, I guess, of all of Rachel's feelings that she uh, takes out on Jake here, and they have a nice little talk, and uh, through the power of friendship, things are are set to, I guess, neutral for the moment. I mean, I didn't feel like it was very... Uh, um, Resolved? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's still kind of like, you know, Rachel, you're... That's kind of who you are, buddy. And I need it. I really I need it. She, I think if you look at this scene, and I'm going to jump way into spoilers here. If you're reading along with the series and you don't want the last book spoiled, take off your headphones right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, really? Okay. Yeah, I need Super spoiler then. Yeah, incredible, huge spoiler. So take a look at this scene where Rachel's fears and anger and everything towards Jake versus uh, one of the last scenes in the last book where Jake tells Rachel to go on not a crazy suicide mission like we've seen before, but an actual suicide mission where she's going to die at the end of it. And she says, yes, no question. Like it's her accepting what she's so worried about in this book. A that, you know, having Jake be her leader and, you know, give her commands. She struggles with that the entire series. And then B struggling with the fact that she is kind of a cold blooded killer and she's made for this war. And if you look into her character arc, her character arc is not getting better from that and becoming a normal person. It's her accepting that and dying in war. 
So yeah, that's a pretty crazy character arc. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's a good thing you brought that up. I guess. I mean, even at the end of all of this, at the very end, on the last page of this book, she admits the thrill of uh, this whole challenge uh, and this enemy was um, it, it was pretty exciting. <laughs> she admits yeah. she kind of likes it. Um, yeah. So uh, oh my god, let's just get into this awesome, awesome ending. So, yeah. uh, yeah, they're, they're like, you know what, you know what, David, it's time for him to go. We got to ice him. It's been too long. And this is one of my favorite things that a book can do is, uh, lie to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. It fools scene. the reader. And that's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. So they have a meeting and it's very, if you're reading Animorphs at this point, and since we're not in the ghostwritten books yet, uh, to have the Animorphs speak in a voice that is very different from the one, you know, being in all these books so far. Uh, that's what this next scene is. Marco, Rachel, Jake, all of them are acting and talking uh, very off character. And it's on purpose. It's, it clues you in that something's wrong. Um, but it's because they know David could be listening to every single conversation they have. And they're banking on it this time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They specifically let some information drop that they want him to hear. Because this is a decoy conversation. A decoy meeting for David to to uh, be set up, basically. They play him like a fiddle. They do, and they're very good at it. Scarily good at it. Yeah. Um, but they, and... they talk about how they need to uh, go about collecting the pieces of the blue box because apparently it deconstructs, which is kind of cool. to know. And they, they specifically, well, we don't know if it actually does, but um, they say it does in this scene. Yeah, and... I don't have any reason to doubt that. <laughs> no, I, I, I do doubt it. I think they made that up so that they could make this plan work. I don't think the blue box actually deconstructs. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see in a coming in an upcoming book. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. Um, but anyway, so uh, they they make note of what you just said, and then another important part is that uh, they say that both Rachel and Cassie were the ones to help hide it. Yeah, uh, hide the pieces. Oh yeah, they make it clear that Rachel also knows where the pieces are. <laughs> so they schedule a meeting with David at uh, your local fine dining Taco Bell. Uh, of course. Mm-hmm. It's a busy place where none of them are going to go lie and morph and kill the other ones. Um, Hopefully not. So, although David's pretty <laughs> wild, I want to read that book. <laughs> the Taco Bell ending. The Taco Bell encounter. Uh, yeah. Um, David David rolls up into T- TB and uh, pulls up in the booth next to Rachel and and human Axe and tells Axe to beat it like a nerd. Get out of here, nerd. <laughs> you don't want it it's great because he's just playing into everything they said and and he's acting like he's already got a beat he's acting like uh they've accepted that he's much smarter than them because that's what they made this made sure well, they said at the this point he thinks he's one and and he's he's basically gloating and saying you know i outsmarted you guys i got you there is nothing even, you can do <laughs> yeah he even goes as far as to say like man i mean things could have worked out if you guys weren't so dumb and Knew how to use your powers, right? Oh, they make a huge hammy show, I thought, in, in this meeting, especially Rachel, um, where, you know, David's smearing some food on her and she starts to cry. And yeah. this, this you could tell, is a little bit more acted. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit tough. But, but they essentially want to just inflate his ego further and make him really believe that he has the upper hand on them when he yeah. does not. So, and we, as the audience, still don't, 
100% know what's going on yet. Oh, no, I, I admit, the first time I read this book, um, especially in coming up here, um, they go to the construction site, of all places, because this is uh, where they've chosen to hide the box in this scenario they've cooked up. Um, and they've got some morph shuffling to do, which which they get into. And when you're a first-time reader... And the rest of the team goes roach morphs and David stuffs them into a Pepsi bottle nearby. Yeah, you do start to worry a little for their yeah, safety. Yeah, I thought this was, I mean, obviously it was part of their plan, but um, this is the one part where David actually shows that he's a little clever in the way that he makes them demorph, remorph, uh, and what he is morphing into the whole time. And like he, he does cover his bases as far as the animorphs he thinks are alive. Um, he does protect himself pretty well here. Oh, totally. I mean, he goes rattlesnake, and Rachel's a rat, obviously. So he's got them there. Um, he's just, it really seems like he has them for the most part. But um, he goes rat along with Rachel, and um, yeah, they, they've got some pipe work, some, some places that are only accessible by, by rat. Um, and they go in, and they find a couple of pieces, and uh, there's some tension involved, obviously. Um, Rachel oh, and, and David talking. love taking shots at each other. Uh, he's talking, talking, talking the whole time. And Rachel's being a little more assertive here, but not enough to blow her cover. But she's obviously just hates the kid. Well, yeah, and he's really, really just building himself up to be such a D-bag. <laughs> he even, at one point, kind of offers her uh, the chance to come with him, doesn't he? Yeah, like he's, saying, he's like, been, I think he's been creepily hitting on her subtly this whole time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you could have been with me, babe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just two rats in a pipe, and you know what that means. You know what that's a euphemism for. <laughs> Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. Wow, that's some good song lyrics you just busted out. I know. Hey, I came from the 90s, man. <laughs> um. So anyways. But this they, is uh... one of the darker parts of the book. I mean, this is their whole plot right here, the team. Um, this is what they came up with. Um... They're going to trap David, and he's going to be stuck in Ratmorph. That's the plan. Yeah, I mean, they pull this off without a hitch. He, uh, She leads him down a certain pipe. Um, she goes into, like, this box that seems like just a little chamber in the little pipe system where they hit the blue box pieces. And she's worried because she smells some fresh air, which I don't think would be much of a problem. I mean, there could be cracks in this pipe or whatnot. I don't, I don't know why that was a big deal, but... Something about it seemed off, I think, is, is the the message they wanted to imply. And there's even a yeah. little bit of tension where David kind of figures out, oh, no, they're up to something. Yeah, and she has to, in Ratmorph, like, uh, grab him and, like, pull him back. And she tries to get out, and uh, he grabs her tail, and she chews her own tail off. Yeah, oh, that part always backwards. kind of haunted me. See, when I was a kid, and probably around the, the same time I was actually reading this book, I had rats for pets. So that kind of stuff was, like, really disturbing to me because, you know, I'd be reading this in school and then I'd go home and play with my little ratties and be like, oh, I don't want them to lose their tails. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but that allows her to get out. And uh, the little sliding mechanism comes down. And this is where we get the exposition by the rest of the animorphs who are sitting around being human. Yeah, oh, so awesome. Alive, Such a great he... moment where yeah. they're just like, boom, we're triumphant. We are the animorphs. We reign supreme. <laughs> Oh, it's 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 so haunting though in the fact that they're explaining to David how this happened. Tobias is alive. This is how we tricked you, and the fact that they 
point to Cassie and be like, hey, this is Cassie's idea. She oh, yeah. the only one who even kind of liked you and gave you a chance. Which is great. she came up with this. Yeah, which is great because it was like the the lesser of so many evils because nobody had to die here. I mean, he's going to live a, a horrible, horrible, horrible rat-like life, but <laughs> he's, I think he's not dying. Actually, I think of all the animals, you know, we talked recently in these last few books about how adult they are and how mature they are. I think this is um, their childhood coming back in. This is a really childish decision. Like, oh, we're not going to kill you because that's the worst thing that can happen to you. We're just going to torture you the rest of your life. <laughs> like, this is a very... Um, this is something like a kid would come up with, thinking it was a better idea. You know, just to save their own humanity, they take away his. I, I don't know, man. Uh, it's It seems like, I mean... Maybe Rachel could have killed him, but I think she would have lost a little little more of her humanity if she had. Um, I don't know. Uh, this this is definitely, I think, one of the best outcomes I think this could have been. I, I don't know. I like this outcome better than them just flat out killing him, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you can't really give him any other marks. He can go running off and give all their secrets away. I think they could have done something. I mean, if you if you really thought it out and tried to be more humane, they could have done something where they like um, kind of like Jake in the capture, where they trap him as a Nothlet in his human body, and then like keep him in the woods with an axe or something. I don't know. <laughs> now, see that have been just, just too much to handle. Another unnecessary risk. The smartest thing they could do if they didn't want to kill him is trapping him in a useless morph and putting him somewhere where Whoa. he can't contact humans. You know what actually would have worked and been way more humane? <laughs> what, making him a fish? No, trapping him in a dog morph and giving him to the chi in their underground base. Oh! <laughs> you know what? Oh my god. That that makes a lot of sense. That is a really good idea, Coleman. Honestly. Holy crap, I would have never even, even thought have... of that. I mean, trapping him in dog morph is it just kind of makes sense to that. But um, he could have stayed there as human. He might have been more dangerous though. So yeah, trap him in dog morph. Chi underground base. The problem is trapping him in dog morph would have been much harder because the thing with rat was that you know part of it was trapping him in an enclosed space that he needed to be that small. I mean, if he was a dog, depending on the size, and even if you tried trapping him in say a carrier. He'd still be able to morph human in most cases, unless perhaps he was like a chihuahua in one of those really, really, really tiny carriers. You know, as dark as they went in this book, I wish it would have gone a little darker. And had him morph and, out and like yeah, <laughs> squeeze himself to himself. death. Mm-hmm. That would have been the ending that actually wrapped it up. But I think I think they wanted to leave it open to possibly bring David back. Eventually. Yeah, even though they have Rachel say, we never did see David again. Oh, that's a good point. She says it. Way she to go, says Ghost not Rider. directly, though. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I just I love all of this. I love how at the very end, you know, they're all standing around, just they're they're intent on waiting out the two hours together, and Rachel tells everyone to leave. Her and Axe are staying behind because Axe will keep track of the time, while you know Rachel's just there to I guess be the one who's there. Um, I love what they say too. Is that uh, after it's done. And they, you know, they go and leave uh, David on this little rock in the middle of the ocean where a bunch of other rats are running around. Um, I love what Axe turns to Rachel and says. He's like, basically, 
Uh, I'd rather not talk about this ever. Oh my god, yeah, exactly. That was one of the best um, <clears throat> lines here is where they're, uh, it's, well, here, I'll read it exactly. It says, we left him there and we flew away. Rachel, Axe said, yeah, I think, I think I will never want to speak of this again. <laughs> Coming from Axe, who's not emotional, who really talks about killing other beings a lot more than the rest of them because he, he really thinks of himself as a warrior. The fact that this hits him and he just can barely handle talking about it, that's that really hit home the uh, messages of the book. <laughs> oh man, this this book has so many good lines here, especially in the end. Here Here's another section from um, <clears throat> page 149. I closed my eyes and wish I could cover my ears to keep out the sounds, but it was thought speak I was hearing, and you can't block that out. Yeah, ugh. And then at the very end, where it's talking about how every once in a while a boat would go near that island, and people thought it was haunted because they'd hear uh, some kid screaming and pleading for his mom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This uh, place is apparently haunted now because it's David. David <laughs> screaming and thought speak. Um. So yeah, uh, this is this is one of the more darker, more <clears throat> grown up books. It's. Really, no surprise that both of us are huge fans. We both love it. We're both going to give it probably some of the highest scores we could possibly award these books. But um, that's the end of the book. And uh, I guess we should kind of try and review it. <laughs> yeah, I'll go first if you don't mind. No, go right ahead, my man. Okay. Um. Well, I mean, what's your say? I mean, to review this book is to review the last two books as well. And all together, they tell... One of the most complete and character-driven stories, uh, not that just we've had, but are in the entire series. It's why everybody loves this trilogy and talks about it all the time. Whenever Animorphs comes up, they talk about the David trilogy. So uh, it's 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 amazing and it's really good and it it's got a strong start. It's got a kind of a normal Animorph start with the first book. It's almost a normal Animorphs book, but then they really just went um, trying to complete the story and tell it as well as they could with the second and third books. So. For this specific book, with wrapping up the conflict the way they did, for going as dark they did and not pulling any punches, I'm going to give this uh, 10 out of 10 life-saving gymnastics. I thought uh, our, our ratings were out of 5, yo. Are they? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh my gosh, we have been out of the game way too long. 5 <laughs> out of 5 life-saving gymnastics. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I would also give it a 10. Five five out of five, huh? All right. Yeah, straight five out of five. Five out <laughs> um, of five. yeah, you know, I'm 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 right there with ya. Um, <clears throat> I had debated going back and forth between a four and a five, and um, you know, <clears throat> I'm really divided. There are things that we had talked about throughout this series, not just this book, but throughout the the first two in the trilogy. Things that we had pointed out that maybe could have been done a little bit better or maybe elaborated on a little bit more or just things that we didn't think were necessary at all. Um, overall, I think there there might have been ways to do this trilogy better. Maybe giving a book to David from his perspective would have been excellent. This, this could have been a, a longer running um, story arc throughout the series. I mean, it didn't necessarily need to be a trilogy. Um, but for what we got, man, it, I would say it's near perfect um, in terms of just everything we've come to expect from Animorphs at this point. Uh, you can tell just from listening to us talk about it that we both love this book a hell of a lot. And um, I, I want to try and be 
super critical about it, but um I mean the the mission, um the the whole summit thing I think was wrapped up a little hastily, but again, you say you love that, how they, they hastily wrapped it up. Um uh, to me, it, it seemed a little bit more like we've got to wrap this plot line up a little bit quicker so we can get to all that good David stuff, um, which, again, could have been solved by maybe just giving it another book or two or something. But um, when all is said and done, man, I, I just can't think of how happy I was reading this book and how good of a time it was and not give it a five out of five Vizertonies. So yeah, that's that's I mean David trilogy is just good stuff. If you're going to reread the Animorph series, you'd best be including the David trilogy. Next time on Thoughtspeak, it'll be uh book 23, The Pretender. Please get on iTunes, give us some good ratings and reviews. Thank you all for listening to our podcast and supporting us this whole time. Uh, we're really hoping that you all have a merry Christmas and a happy holidays whatever you celebrate wherever you are. Tune in next time!